Good evening. Hope you're all doing well. We're learning Maseches Yevamos Daf Tzadiches, and we are starting two thirds of the way down at the words Tnan Hagiores on Tzadizayin Amidbeis. That's about um, six, seven lines into the New Gemara. We began in this Mishnah speaking about some of the halachos about a ger and a giores. And in the very first line of the Gemara, there was a case scenario where Rav Achabar Yaakov allowed one to uh, marry a particular a scenario. Just looking at the very first lines of the Gemara, we'll just review those two lines. The Gemara had said at the open of the Gemara in Sadi Zayin of Beis Bnei Yudan Amsa, the children of Yudan Amsa, Ishtachrer, and Sharlei the Rav Acha Bar Yaakov, the Mintz of Nashe de Hadade, that he allowed people to marry their children. So the Gemara is now going to question that Shita Rav Acha Bar Yaakov a couple of times over. So two thirds of the way down on Sadi Zayin and Mabez Tanan, the Mishnah writes, Let's say there's a woman who's not Jewish and had a couple of kids. And once all of the kids are born, they decide. Okay, time to convert to Judaism. So the halacha is that the rules of chalitza don't apply to these people. My time, why is that? Doesn't it mean that the reason that they're usher is that there's no halachos of yibum, and therefore the sisters-in-law will be usher to one another, and therefore against Rabbi Chabar Yaakov, the Gemara says, lo, that's not correct. Really, what this Mishnah is saying is that is that there's no applicability at all of the rules of chalitza and yibum in this case, but really, but it's also permissible for them to marry one another. Everyone can marry one another because they're gerim and they don't have any, um, they don't really have any yichus going back to their family. We'll see that that's somewhat questioned uh, a little bit uh, later in the daf. So 15 lines or so from the bottom, the Gemara says, that's all well and good, except for the Mishnah that we just learned. But our Mishnah says, as we move from the first case of our Mishnah, here in the middle of the page to the second, it says, Afilu. Take a look at our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says, which um, we learned seemingly, according to Rav Acha, uh, was mutter under certain circumstances for them to marry. And then it says, even if they were conceived when, he, when she was still a Goya, uh, but she converted with the baby in utero. So says the Gemara, and the Gemara paints the whole question. If you want to say that Rav Bar Yaakov is wrong, and really the halacha is that it should be Asr, that's why it scales up and says, and not only is it Asr in the Reisha, but Afilu in the Seifa. Even if a woman conceived when she was a Goya and then converted, and the next child, but really the next child was born and conceived while she was a Yid. Uh, yet we still consider them to be like two different mothers. That would have made perfect sense. But that's not what we hold. Like Rav Achabar Yaakov says, and you say the Reisha is Shari, and then Afilu, it'll be Asr. That doesn't make any sense. My Afilu. And says the Gemara as follows to answer this question. Even if both kids were conceived and born Bikdusha, their mother was Jewish the whole time, and there was a risk of them, of people thinking that these are regular Yidin, even though they, they're fully Jewish now, but they converted. Even with that concern, we're still going to say that this relationship is permissible. But some reverse this argument that really the Reisha is talking about a case of leniency, and it still can say Afilu. 
And how does the Gemara understand this in its reverse way? Because in the Seifa, there's also a leniency. So it's in the Reisha, the, the profile of this Mishnah would be that in the Reisha, there's a Kula. And in the Seifa, there's even a bigger Kula. And what's the Afilu? Says the Gemara, 10 lines from the bottom, 8 lines from the bottom. It's a Chiddush, a Chiddush of Heter, that even though both were born Bikdusha, and it's possible to make a a mistake between regular Jews and these gerim, kamash malan, that afidu hachisharu, it's still going to be permissible. Eli Yamr says, but if in fact we held like uh, the opposite of Rabbi Achabar Yaakov, that the ratio of our Mishnah was Asr, so my afidu, what then would be the Chiddush? And the Gemara responds, I could still explain the Mishnah that way as well. That even in a case where the child was, the first child was not conceived as a Jew, the wife was, the mother of the baby was not Jewish yet, but so she converted while pregnant. And the second child was both conceived and born. That it's really like two mothers. That would be the Chiddush. So the Mishnah has to either be mutter and mutter. <coughs> or Asr and Asr, but otherwise the word Afilu in the middle doesn't make sense. You can't say that this is Asr and even here it's Mutter, that makes no sense. And you can't say it's Mutter here and even there it's Asr. They have to both be in the same halachic category. So uh, Ravacha Bar Yaakov escapes the question that is uh, presented here. We're five lines from the bottom on Sadi Zayin and Mubeis. Welcome. Uh, and we have another question against Ravacha Bar Yaakov. And the Gemara says as follows, Tashma, Shnei Achim to Umim, you have brothers who are twins, Gerim, uh, there are no uh, there are no Jewish parents here at all. They're both converted after birth. The chain and slaves that are free. The halacha is There's no chalitza shayach by these people at all. And as well, uh, remember the the fundamental din that yibum can't apply in the case of a ger because it has to always follow the paternal lineage. Um, and because there's no parents here, because they're gerim, it's as if they're whatever their biological connection is to their parents. We agree scientifically that's true, but halachically, <laughs> severed, it doesn't really play out. So the Brisa continues four lines from the bottom. <laughs> and therefore, if one of these gerim decided to marry the brother's wife, if the brother died, so you have, let's say you have a ger, let's say you had a, a guy named, uh, you had a guy named uh, Christian, and now his name is Chaim. Now he's a yid, he converted. And Christian had a brother, uh, pick another guy's name, Peter. And uh, Peter had a wife, and Peter died. So, And then the wife converted. So now Christian can marry his sister-in-law. That's what the Gemara is saying. There's no Yisra Veshesach here. And the Gemara then qualifies. However, the previous case where we say that there's no Chalitza and that there's no Yisra Veshesach is only true or neither of the parents were Jewish. However, if these twins had been born, uh, they were conceived uh, that the mother was a Goya when she first got pregnant, but when she gave birth, she was actually a Yid. So then it's mm-hmm. still true that that's true, but here we do see that there's some type of halachic connection between the children and their mother, that when there is a maternal link between the brothers, then there's an Isra of Eish even if a Geirus took place, Shtekel Chiddush. But that's what the Gemara says. And then continuing uh, the last two lines, So this is the third level. The first level was no Jewish parents. The second level was one Jewish parent at birth. And the third level is both Jewish parents. So, uh, well, not both Jewish parents, but that the conception and the Leda were both Biktusha, that she was a Jew. Then, 
This is every day in the in the bris world where the mother is a yid and the husband is a goy d'oraisa. That's every that's every bris. The baby is a ki yisrael, the chol divrehin. Now, what do we extrapolate and extract from this brisa? Last line, tanimias ein chayav mishum eishes ach. What we see from here is that when the mother was not Jewish at all by birth and the boys converted on their own, that there's no iser of eishes But what's implied from here of ein chayavin. What does it imply? That chiyuvan leka. It's true that there is no actual chiyuv. There's no uh, no malkos. Nothing. Look at Rashi in the bottom of the page. Aval chayavin kares mishumeisesh eishesach minem shareik yisrael shayal dovenim. So we don't even have anything here at all. Aval ein chayav mishumeisesach. But chiyuvan leka ha'isurika. It implies that there's still an iser derabanan. And as Rashi highlights on the top of the page, v'kasha l'rav acha. This is a kasha and rav acha who seems to say that it's mutter to marry eishesach because that was the case that he presented earlier. Says the Gemara. You can't infer from the words ein chayavin that there is ein chiyu but yesh iser derabanan. Why not? Because we are very well aware of the principle that we like Mishnayas to have symmetry, makes them easier to remember. Tzadiches of an on the second line, You're right, the word ein chayavin was used, but it was a non-specific terminology in our case, because all we were trying to do was match it to sound similar to the, uh, to the ratio. Omar Rava, third line. When we say that there's a Mitzri, that his father is really not his father, we're talking about a case of Gerus. It's not, sorry, it's not even a case of Gerus. Hold on. Rashi says, Yeah, it is talking about cares. So the Gemara says that in such a case, it's not because there's stufe bezima It's not because we don't know who the father is because it's a makom zima and people are cohabiting with everyone. That's not the problem. But had it been that we knew who the father was, and we would say that a child has yichus to his father. No. Even had we known 100%, that the father of this baby was the father of this baby. So the, the classical example of this is that the mother and father are trapped in a jail cell for a year. Nobody enters except for the two of them. So Dvarim Shutim, if she has a baby, he's the father. It doesn't matter. We still don't care. And even if they were identical twins, and we knew exactly who the mother was, we still ignore and say, no chalitza, no yibum. It seems to be from here, Shmamina, that when it comes to the children of a Goyesha father, it's Afkuri Afkere Rachmano Lazare. There's no, there's no halachic tether to the father at all. And uh, where do we know this from? Dixiv. Bisar chamorim bisaram. The flesh of donkey is uh, the flesh of donkeys is their flesh. Bizir masusim zirmasam. And their tashmashamita is like the tashmashamita of susim. Um, sounds exceedingly disparaging, but don't forget that everyone is considered to be B'Tselem uh, Elohim. This isn't a description of their quality. It's a halachic description of their Tash Mishamita, which is that it has no bearing. Next, Brisa, quarter of the way down, Toshma. There was a man named Niftim. He was a convert. Shenosa. He married his brother's wife, Meimo, um, and it was a brother, uh, the, it was a, he and his brother shared a mother. So he married his sister-in-law. They brought the case to the Chachamim and they said, the marriage is not a marriage. The Gemara questions that. He's a ger. 
Uh, why doesn't the ger have kedushin? That doesn't make any sense. What did you mean? Ain't ishus the ger? The Gemara qualifies. It doesn't mean ain't ishus the ger that there's no kedushin. That it's mutter to marry one sister-in-law under those circumstances. If you become a ger and then your brother, uh, your brother's wife becomes a, a yid, that she converts us. So you can marry her. That's totally mutter, says the Gemara. My love, the nuspa ach ger. Maybe we should say that it seems to be that he married her once she was a ger, and therefore we have a riot to this shita that we were discussing yesterday. Says the Gemara, lo, maybe not. Maybe they got married before they converted. So says the Gemara, well, who cares what happened before they got married? We're already severing the ties between a father and a child. You're worried about this uh, non-Jews getting married. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Who cares? Says the Gemara. Maybe we should say that had they gotten married as a, married as gerim as non-Jews, we should make a gzera for them getting married as gerim because that would uh, look not appropriate. that we're not concerned about that. And even if they got married before. Um, even if a brother married his sister-in-law as gay, as Goyim, we don't have a rabbinic injunction against them that now that they're Jewish that they should not get married. They are allowed to get married. Tashma, almost halfway down, when I went down to the cities that are near the water, and I found this case that we've been discussing, a man married his sister-in-law um, that was common to the mother. So let's say Reuben and Shimon. Reuven and Shimon are brothers to a mother, but they have different fathers. And Reuven married uh, Shimon's uh, wife after Shimon died. Not Al-Tzibum, Stam. Amarti lo, Bini, Mihir Shecha, who gave you permission to do this? Who gave you permission to marry this woman? She should really be ushered to you. Omar li, hare isha, v'shiva baneha. There was a story of a woman and seven sons, all of whom converted, and they married each other's spouses, and it was deemed mutter. And Al-Saf Salzeh, Yoshev Rabbi Akiva, Omar Shnei Dvarman, this very bench, the great Rebbe Akiva sat and taught us two halachos, one shaykh to our discussion and one not shaykh. The halacha that is shaykh is ger, no say, eshes achiv me'imo, black on white, that a ger is allowed to marry his sister-in-law, provided that he was a ger and that the brother died and that she also converted whatever the perfect storm is, that one would be allowed to marry their sister-in-law. Any of the relationships that existed prior to him being a yid are seemingly irrelevant. What was the second thing Rebbe Akiva said? Ve'amar, that Hashem spoke to Yonah and the famed story of Yonah and the whale and um, in the Navi. So the Gemara says he spoke to him twice. What's the deal from here? So these are the two things that Rabbi Akiva said while sitting on this bench. Let's speak about both of them. So says the Gemara, same question as we saw in the previous b'risa. Uh, don't we see from over here that one is allowed to marry as a ger, one's allowed to marry his sister-in-law? Says the Gemara, Lo. maybe the Maybe the case is that he married her when she was still a guy. And the Gemara asks and answers the same way it did before. Maila Memra, who cares about what happened when they're non-Jews? And the Gemara says, no, we might have thought there was a rabbinic injunction. Maudatema. Um, we might have thought that if a couple would have married before marriage, a brother-in-law to a sister-in-law, they married before they became gerim, that that would be a problem for when they actually do become gerim. We're not concerned about that. Says the Gemara, this person is going to be trusted to give the psak. How can that be? Anyone who, uh, who teaches a halacha 
that comes up already. If he brings up the psak before the case scenario happens, but if he brings it up after the case scenario happens, he's not as trustworthy. This is actually quite a sophisticated, and we've learned it once before, but it's not such a simple halacha. What does it mean? Most shaylas are asked after the scenario comes up. That's usually when people ask shaylas. Mm-hmm. But what the Gemara is saying over here is a little bit, uh, a little bit different, which is that mm-hmm. if a person only teaches their shita for the first time, that's what some of the Rishonim write. If a person only teaches their shita for the first time after the scenario comes up, they have no na'amonis for their psak. So there's a machlokas discussion here in the Rishonim as to what actually is going on. Either way, the Gemara says it's not a problem because he passed in that way in general. It wasn't the first time he taught the psak. Or because there was also a maisa that comes along with the psak. This is a well-known idea throughout Shas, is that if there's a Mishnah that quotes a halacha, Versus a Mishnah that quotes a halacha and a story, the Mishnah with the story is more powerful. Mm-hmm. So that's what the Gemara is saying over here. You, you pass in this story like Rabbi Akiva in the same breath that you said, Hari there was a case where we had brothers and sister in law marrying his Gerim. The Baisem, another answer is Shani Very similar answer is that there were other stories that took place over here, more than one thing going on. Now let's analyze this, Brisa. Amar Mar, what was the story with Yonah? It says in uh, it says in the Navi, it says that uh, in Sefer Yonah, Vayit Var Hashem Lo Yonah Sheni Shleimor, and we made a deal. Rabbi Akiva taught us Sheni's Dibraimo Shchina Shlishis Lo Dibraimo that it seems to be that um, that Yonah only got Nevuah the second time, but there was no third Nevuah for him. It says the Gemara that's not true. But the pasuk reads at length. The pasuk reads. That's how the whole Pasuk reads. Anyways, the Gemara says over here that this is the third. If you look in the flow of the Pesukim, you'll see that this is the third encounter between the Kodesh Baruch Hu and Yonah. I, but Rabbi Akiva taught me that there were only two. So what about the psukim that seem to be that there are three? A couple of answers. The only limitation on his nevuah was on iske ninveh. By ninveh, he wasn't listening. Slap on the wrist, you only get your two nevuahs, but not a third. But in other asakim, in other areas, he was allowed to get nevuah, so no problem at all. This is Pshat. It's really two nevuas in one, and therefore uh, you can't count it as a third, and that's another answer. Yet another brisa, three lines from the bottom, Tzadik Chesem The Gemara says, Tashma, Ger Shahel Leidasu Biktusha Varaso Shalom Biktusha. If a Ger uh, was born Biktusha, but the mother conceived him Shalom Biktusha. So the Gemara says, Yesh Lo She'er Ha'em, Ve'en Lo She'er Ha'ab. There are some halachic tethers to the mother, but there are no halachic tethers to the father. Where do we see these distinctions? The brisa presents a handful of cases. If a man were to marry his sister from his mother, but she was a Goya, they were both born, the, the sister was born not Jewish, she was the older sister, born not Jewish, and this guy was born half Jewish, or really fully Jewish, but after his mother conceived, he can marry that sister if she is a Gioras. That's a way of crazy idea. But not everybody says that. Yotzi, if it's the mother's side, then you have to divorce. However, Min Ha'av, Yikayim, because the mother, there are some svaras like this that uh, it's not really the halachic svara, but there are svaras that we know that the mother gave birth because the mother gave birth. We don't always know where the father is. So sometimes I've used, it's a svara kozevis, halachically doesn't really work, but I've used this as a mo when families say like, oh, why, why doesn't patrilineal descent work? 
Because it's very awkward when somebody says, yes, yes, my father's name is Goldberg. Yes, everything is fine. Be like, ah, is your mother Jewish? So there I employ when it's very uncomfortable. I say this, well, we always know that the woman delivered the baby. Uh, so Judaism always follows the maternal line unless there is a conversion in an appropriate rabbinical court. And it's gotten me out of a, a couple of very uncomfortable circumstances. And it's also gotten me yelled at before. Yeah, you should have Not so partial. No, nobody wants to accept it. No well, we're decimating ourselves. The number of Jews now uh, in America and the number of Jews, I mean, it's crazy. The number of Jews in the world now and 60 years ago is the same. It's 15 million. We're killing ourselves. Let's say that a man marries his father's sister and it is the father's mother. The father's, okay, let's, it's the grandmother has a son and this is the son's wife, that's the Ab. And then the grandson wants to marry that woman, Yotzi. But if it's maternal line, they have to get a divorce. On top of Sadi Chesmet Beis, Mina Ab Next case, if one wants to marry the sister of a mother on the maternal line, Yotzi, they have to get divorced because, as mentioned, the mother's, uh, if the, the maternal line is a little stronger even by a ger. But here we have a discussion. Why does Reb Meir say that they have to get divorced? When we have a halachic tether with the mother's family members, there has to be a divorce. The Brisa continues five lines down. And this very broad language that anything on the mother's side, there, uh, there are some leniencies. Uh, in, let's go through each case. Umutter be'eshes achiv me'imo. His brother's wife is mutter from the mother's side, which was our case that we've been discussing the whole day so far. Uve'eshes achiv And the father's brother's wife. Ush'ar kol arayos And all other arayos. The Gemara interjects. These next three words are actually not part of the brisa. The asuye is an Aramaic word. It doesn't belong in the brisa. So the Gemara really is adding in a parenthetical comment. Why did you say kol even to include a father's wife? And as well, the brisa continues. Nasa isha ubita. If a man marries a mother and her daughter, which had they all been born Jewish, would of course be halachically problematic. But this guy's a ger, and he's marrying a mother and daughter who converted from nothingness to, to Yiddishkeit. So the halach is kones achas and motzi achas. He can only marry one, uh, the mother or the father. And really, he shouldn't be marrying uh, any of them. Next case, all in the Brisa still. Mesa ishto mutter bechamoso. That if a man's wife dies, then he's muttered to marry his mother-in-law. Again, all these are gayrus cases. So don't extrapolate to anyone who's been born fully Jewish, talking about someone who's also fully Jewish. Of course, those are psukim and chumash. We're talking about gayrus. Vika detani asr bechamoso. Some say that it's still asr to marry the mother-in-law, even after a conversion. But the line that we needed to pick up on in this brisa, connecting back to our halachic discussion thus far, is katani mias quarter of the way down mutter be'eshesachi. We see black on white in this brisa that a man is allowed to marry his brother's wife. My love, the nospa achiv shogir. Aren't we talking about a, a case where the brother married her once he was a ger, and then the same shaklavataris we've seen already twice low the nospa kshu obed kochav, and we're talking about when he married her as an obed kochavim. My lemeimra, who cares what happened when they were going? Uh, if they're not, if they're goyim, they're goyim. We don't, we're not machshav the marriage of a goyim. We're not even machshav the marriage of a yid to a goyim. Certainly not if they're both goyim. So it says the Gemara, no, the same concern as before. Maybe we would have said that had you married when you were 
uh, when you were both going, we have observed that you can't be married when you're a Yid Komashmal, and that's not correct. Omar Mar, let's analyze the Brisa still more. We said, That's what the Brisa said, that a man who marries a mother, who wants to, who married a mother and a daughter beforehand, he has to only marry one once he's a Yid, and he has to divorce the other. But uh, and then the Gemara adds in a seemingly extraneous line, but that's only true, but that's not, you really should not marry any of them. Says the Gemara, of course, of course, we're making him divorce one of these women. Do we have to really say that, ah, you really shouldn't have done this in the first place, I'm shooting, you shouldn't do this. Says the Gemara, no, the line of was Hasimkai, referring to another part of the, of the Halacha. What was that case? We're talking about the fact that even the man that he should, uh, even the woman that he's allowed to marry is also Bidiyabit. Of course, he shouldn't marry the one that he should be getting divorced. But even the one where it says that it's Motor to marry, that's only Bidiyabit and not Lechatchila. What about the case of Ace uh, Mesa Ishto Mutter Bechamoso Vika Dutani Asr Bechamoso Machlokas, as we'll soon see between Tanoim, as to whether or not one is allowed to marry their mother in law from their, their uh, pre Jewish world, says the Gemara. This Machlokas is already codified. One of these Shitas is like Rabbi Shmuel, and the other is like Rabbi Akiva. How so? Manda Asar, according to the one who says that they're not allowed to marry the mother in law from before they were Jewish, Rabbi Shmuel. That even after uh, the death of a wife, that the mother-in-law still remains be'isura as it relates to Yidin, the gabeger goes And we have a rabbinic injunction for a ger that even though his mother-in-law wasn't Jewish and now is Jewish, doesn't matter. We have a gzeira because of Yidin. By the Yidin, the mother-in-law still remains be'isura even after the wife dies. So therefore, we extend the rabbinic injunction to a ger. However, Uman Shorik Rebakiva, the lenient shito says that a ger is allowed to marry his mother-in-law provided that she was herself not Jewish until she converted. That really by a Yid, when Rahman al-Itzlan, a person's wife, dies, the status of him marrying his mother-in-law's kalash, it's a weaker version of the Isser. And because that's true, um, Rashi says here what the difference is that there's no Sreifa. There's no Sreifa. If a man sleeps with his mother-in-law while his wife's alive, there's Sreifa. If a man sleeps with his mother-in-law once his wife dies, then there's no Sreifa. So because there's a Klisha, because it's weaker, therefore, the Gabeger Lugazube Rabbanon. Therefore, by a Ger, we have no need to extend a rabbinic injunction against a Ger. So that's the Machlokas Rabbi Kiva Rabbi Shmuel. We'll stop right here at this Mishnah and pick up tomorrow night at 8.40 p.m. Wishing you all a beautiful night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.